0: Magic Detected, right here. This is Detect Magic, Episode 1. I'm Daniel Davis. You might know me from the Gigi No Re podcast, where we do mostly actual plays and that sort of thing. But I thought with Google Plus closing down, which is where I talk most about RPGs, it would make sense to create another avenue for talking about role-playing games. And that's in addition to my blog, which is detectmagic.wordpress.com. That'll be in the show notes. So don't you worry your pretty little head over it. For this first episode, and I don't know how many episodes there's going to be, or how frequently I'll release them, but why don't you just hit that subscribe button and let this ferment in your feed until the next one pickles up to the surface. For this first episode, I'm just going to do an audio version of a blog post that I wrote today, reviewing Simon Forster's new Book of Layers book. Now, the Book of Layers is a great idea, and I'm glad Simon's doing them. He takes a location that's usually pretty simple, not a lot going on. That means it's not complex which is good and bad it's bad if you want complexity it's good if you want something that is easy to run that you've not studied and that you didn't make up yourself it's not that it's simplistic it's just that everything you need is right there on the surface you'll have a map and then a key usually on facing pages so you just need to have one piece of paper in front of you to get 15 minutes to an hour of gaming content out there and they're cheap they're like three bucks so you should definitely go check the product in the show notes and buy it but let me give you what i wrote today because you might not have read it i mean shame on you if you didn't but here's the audio version simon forrester makes good product you can buy it and use it immediately without reading it if you need stuff to run he gives it to you it's for axe which is um that's the adventurer conqueror king system it's basically dnd but obviously converting it is no problem i believe the ac conversion is that the axe ac you can apply that as a bonus to whatever the default armor class in your system is so if you're using bx that's nine and you subtract the axe ac from that And if you're doing 5e it's 10 and you add the ac bonus to that i buy pretty much all of this stuff and i rarely buy rpg products which is as good a recommendation as i can give this review will cover his newest book but it's applicable to the whole series to some degree here's a sample four page sequence and you can see that if you go to the blog post which again linked in the show notes so you should probably pull that up while you're listening to this unless you're in the car I don't want the liability the good I've already talked about what makes these books excellent and the newest volume Participates in that same virtue. Do you have a game tonight need to start a campaign? Well, just draw some hexes on a scratch piece of paper and drop these locations in them and you're done If you don't need that you won't find much of use in these books But who doesn't need that and despite me being focused more on the bad on this review I want to reiterate that Simon's material is great and worthy of of your few bucks. It's unpretentiously useful, but there is room for improvement despite my praise. I have tended to note in the things that I bought in this series that they skew more towards standard axe treasure, which I think lacks a certain pep. And the maps themselves don't have annotations on them. So they don't tell you what's in the room. They just give you a room number. And that needs to change everywhere. I think Simon said that he does that because he uses these maps in Roll20 where you need something that's blank but I think the solution for that is just to give an appendix where the unlabeled maps are gathered together. Then the info design needs a little bit of work. So the write-ups need more bullet pointing, although he does bold certain important items, which is the next best alternative. And then I think the content needs to be reorganized under big headers. So you've got the area name, one sentence summary, and then senses, like what you sense immediately about it, and then more in-depth explanation about the features of the area. And then you need to have a heading for the relationship with its surroundings, what outsiders think about it, what services they provide to the players or to NPCs, and then the history if you need it at the end when that is most useful. Because you're not really going to be concerned about the history until there's a lull in play where you have a break, or if you're reading it beforehand the NPC pages are really good but the info needs to be presented in reverse order he's got role-playing material at the bottom and that needs to be at the front because probably you're not gonna fight them straight off you're gonna talk to them first see what I'm saying and then also I find that this the descriptions need to be a bit more again peppy we need some specific imagery not just describing what something is but how it how it strikes you or how it would strike someone who is experiencing it and I find I mean, this is always a tension, right? And this is part of the enhanced version. If you, Even if you already read that, you don't get these little asides in the podcast. That's the that's the services that I provide to you, the dear listener. So there's a tension between word count and full description. I mean, if you wanted to fully describe a location such that it would be no different if you read about it than if you experienced it, you're going to need pages and pages and pages. Of course, that's crazy. Nobody does that. You've got to define your target on the gradient somewhere. So I think we should air more toward expressiveness and evocativeness rather than full description. So instead of saying like there's a vial of rare perfume, say it's myrrh in a spiderweb motif vial, that kind of thing. And that's hard to do, and it's harder than just writing rare perfume. So I understand that, but if you want to go extra, that's the way you should go. And then with the exception of the rainbow wizard layer, the maps need to be more interesting. They need to be more loopy, have more levels, up and down, secrets, and then stuff you can mess with in the environment. But like I said, this is a great product. Simon does great work. Give him your support and endorsement. Well, that's been Detect Magic for today. I hope you found it magical. But you, dear listener, certainly detect magical to me.